Lord God, we're thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful for this day. We're thankful for your word, that we live in a time when, when your word is translated into our language, in a time when we can have the Bible in our hands. Lord, give us ears to hear that word this morning. I ask your blessing, particularly on Joe as he delivers it, that uh, your spirit would speak through him and that we would have put aside everything else that might be a distraction so that we can hear that spirit. Father, it's in your son's name we, we ask. Amen. Joe Terry. It's always a privilege for me to stand in front of you a little bit off. Uh, but uh, let me pray. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So, black or white, we'll get into that. Here's the scripture. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. That's you guys. That's me. That's those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's a saint. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather give thanks. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the, few, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Easy scripture. All you got to do is take it and run with it. You know what the standards are. So why is it that I struggle with sin? Why is it that you struggle with sin? Why is it that our lives are not more characterized by goodness, righteousness, and truth? Do we live in a gray world? Are we accepting of that gray world? I want to consider a couple things uh, this morning. Uh, I want us to think a little bit about sin and sin as it afflicts those who are believers in Christ. I want to talk a little bit about darkness from a scriptural standpoint, and I want to talk about what it means to please God and how good we're doing in that respect. So, two basketball stories. You know this guy, Grayson Allen, you've follow, been following that? Great basketball player. Part of the Duke. Experience. He's a star, 6'5", 200 pounds, shooting guard, co-captain of the team, ultra competitive. You've seen him play, he plays with intensity. He's got this one bad habit, though. When he gets in a bind, he trips people. Say, so, well, that's not characteristic of 
one who has light and goodness and grace that's supposed to be permeating his life. And what about Coach K? Coach K and I have some things in common. We have some things that are different. But we both are from the south side of Chicago. We both graduated from West Point, I in 67, he in 69. We both played basketball. He much more successfully <laughs> than I. Multiple national championships. But what about the coach's perspective? Uh, what do you do with a guy like this? Well, he suspended him, but he quickly reinstated him. Say, is that the right thing to do? Is that, I mean, if our life in Christ is a process, is that the right thing to do to encourage Grace and Ellen? I don't know. We'll see. But it's interesting to follow sin in the world. We don't so much follow goodness and grace and light, but we follow sin. It's easy to follow. It's easy to track. But you say, so I don't even know if Grayson Allen's a Christian. So it doesn't, I mean, he's in darkness. It doesn't apply to him. I mean, that's what we expect from people who live in darkness. And what about Coach K? I know Coach K well enough to know that He's a good Catholic. He's got four daughters. He's a good man. He's a moral man. But is he given Grace and Ellen the right kind of direction? Say, but let's talk a minute about the fact that you can divide the world into two groups, those who are not Christians and those who are. And we should be looking at those who are differently than those who aren't. But here's an example, second basketball story, another personal story of Doug Welch. Doug won't mind that I use his name. Um, that's his real name. Doug was a fellow infantry officer, captain. We played basketball together. He was intensely competitive. I mean intensely. If you've ever played sports, and you've played and been around somebody who had passion for the game, you'll know who I'm talking about and what I'm describing here. But Christ grabbed a hold of him, and he became a Christian. And I don't know if he read specifically Ephesians 5, 3 through 10, but he knew that as a follower of Christ, his life depict a different life than the one he was leading. So he said, Lord, help me here. And specifically, help me on the basketball court. Because when Doug lost his temper, he lost his temper. And profanity would come out of his mouth. He would feel horrible, but that's just the way it was. And he said, why should I have to accept this? I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to ask for the Lord to take it away. And the Lord didn't. And he got to the point, new believer in Christ, where he said, I don't think I can play basketball anymore. I love this game. I'm going to back away 
from God because God isn't hearing my prayer. But he persisted in prayer. And I remember the game distinctly because it was a situation under the boards. Um, you didn't have to be seven feet to be under the boards when I played. <laughs> but we were both battling for a rebound, and he got fouled, and it was a bad foul. And I saw his face change color, and I knew what was coming, and it didn't. It didn't. God triumphed in his life, and Doug was forever changed. He walked. Yes, that's exactly right. I wanted to do that on the court, but it wasn't the appropriate thing to do. But two basketball stories, I want you to think about it. And I want you to think about darkness. You know, the scripture says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So, what does that mean? Well, it means exactly what it says. J. Vernon McGee, great theologian, Dallas theological PhD, but a good old boy, moved from the South and resided in L.A., go figure. Um, but he was a golfer, another good thing I like about him. Um, and he said he was pondering this set of scripture, and he played with a guy who was not just walking in darkness, he was darkness. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, his life was such, he happened to be a bartender, nothing against bartenders, but J. Vernon McGee said, you know, the more he played with this guy, the more, in fact, the guy wasn't walking in darkness. Now, as Christians, we walk in darkness. Often. But this guy was darkness. By his words, by his actions, by his sharing with J. Vernon McGee. And he said, J. Vernon McGee said, whoa, wait a second. There's a difference, again, between those who know Christ and yet walk in darkness and those who walk in darkness because they don't know Christ. So there's the difference. Now, God wants us to walk in his world, which is white. God sees the world as either white or black, not gray. Sometimes I think we live in gray so much that we accept gray as a fact of life. Well, I am who I am. I'm always going to be tempted by sex and other things. So that's just the way it is, and God's just going to have to accept me. I'm changed. I'm forever his, but I live in a world of gray. Now, is God serious about us living in a white world as opposed to a gray? I think he is. I think he is. Living 
and walking in darkness as opposed to being darkness. I want us to take away from what I'm saying this morning the fact that if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you're changed. You no longer walk in darkness. I mean, you, know, you are no longer darkness. You may still walk in darkness, but you are no longer darkness. You're not the bartender who played golf with J. Vernon McGee. And sometimes, only sometimes, I'm too accepting of the fact that I live in a gray world and I don't pursue a white one. So the scripture says at the end, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light. Us in the room. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. So what's pleasing to the Lord? What moves us from darkness into the light and continues to grab our attention to move us toward being light, goodness, righteousness, and truth? So what's pleasing to the Lord? You thought about that? Do you live a life that's pleasing to the Lord? And in considering that question, you say, you've got to ask yourself, so what pleases the Lord? I mean, I've been married almost 50 years to the same woman. Do I know what pleases her? Some things I do. Other things, <laughs> not so good. But in order for me to please my wife, I need to know what pleases her. It pleases her when she gets up in the morning and the dishwasher's been emptied. Is that something I can do? Yes. Is that something I do all the time? <laughs> Thank you. Spoken from a man who maybe needs to empty the dishwasher. <laughs> so I need to invest in my wife to know what pleases her, and then knowing what pleases her, do it. Do you do the same with your walk with Christ? Do you approach him in prayer and say, Lord, what pleases you, reveal that to me. I want to know that so I can do it and in so doing live in a world of light. Another example. My father loved me. Uh, I was the firstborn son, the only son in our family. My dad lavished his love and grace and mercy upon me. And from an early age, I knew that I was loved. And what was my reaction? I took advantage of it. <laughs> I took advantage of it from, from an early age. You know, I knew my, I was a ball player when I was young. Baseball was the game. And I could come in late for supper, and my two sisters would be sitting at the table, 
My dad would be drumming his fingers on the table, and my sister said, well, now this is the time that Joe's going to get it. And not that my sisters were vindictive, but they knew that I was going to get in trouble and they were going to delight in the fact that I was. <laughs> and I'd sit down and Dad said, so what happened? I went three for four today, Dad. Really? Tell me about the game. <laughs> but you know, it wasn't until I came to Christ um, when I was 13 that I began to appreciate my dad in a different way. Um, my dad uh, had lots of things about him that I didn't know. And yet, when I came to Christ, one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to know him better that I might love him more, that I might give back to him what he had given to me. And I said, so where does that start? Well, it starts with your dad. You know, do you know your dad well enough to know what pleases him and then Knowing what pleases him, do you do it? Do you do it? Um, so, pleasing God, I say, is not an easy task. I think it requires effort on our part, and I'm speaking to myself. This is very convicting for me, this scripture. Um, but well, we need to invest in. So how do I invest in God? Well, you, you get into his word. You spend time on Tuesday mornings fellowshipping and sharing with one another. But you do so with the view that you were formerly darkness. But now you just, from time to time, walk in darkness. But that's not what God wants you to be. He wants you to be all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and to demonstrate that in others. Now, Paul's great at laying out standards. I mean, and it, you, can't, you can't quibble with them. You can't argue with them. Uh, as saints, we are to do certain things and we are not to do other things. But it's a process. He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Perfection is a process. It's a moving toward, not ever reaching and achieving the same, but moving toward a life that is pleasing to the Lord. So, discussion questions. I give you a potpourri of questions here. Um, and when I write out these questions, I write them out to myself. I say, so, okay, so what has the Lord spoken in my life that I think is worth sharing with you guys around the table? And some of these I realize I might be meddling, you know. You, you, one of the privileges of standing up here is you can meddle in people's lives. <laughs> and, and I'm meddling here. So 
What's your reaction to hearing a dirty joke or profane speech? Do you act differently in a group setting or with a close friend? Do you live accepting that you are who you are and you're never going to change and whatever light is, whatever Paul's talking about is for somebody else? But we already saw in the two basketball examples that Sin, is, sin abounds, but sin can be beaten. Sin can be, we can have triumph over sin. Our world's a dark place. Do we choose to accept darkness in our lives? Is living in a gray world the best we can hope for? Now let's get, so did Coach K do the right thing in suspending Grayson? I don't know what kind of relationship. I know Coach K well enough to know he's a personal guy. He's got a, he, he loves his players and he gets close to them, but how close is he to Grayson Allen? And how is he really dealing with Grayson Allen's persistent sin? I don't know. Um, what does it mean to live a life pleasing to God? Are we living with that goal in view? That's meddling. And it's meddling in particular when we talk about our relationship with our wife or our relationship with our parents, which may be challenging from time to time. Is trying to live as white, seeking to please God, too difficult in a gray or black world? How seriously uh, have I considered how I live my life? So some things to think about and some things to discuss. So let me pray for us and we can begin discussion. Father, we thank you that you've given us your word. We thank you, Lord, that we've been privileged to read uh, Paul's view. Father, that we've been challenged as saints, as followers of Christ, to be white, to be like you, to be light, to be not black, not even gray. Father, create in us a desire, a spirit to be pleasing to you. Give us the persistence, give us the discipline to work at it, knowing that, Father, as we are working, you are indeed working in us in drawing us ever closer to you because of your Holy Spirit who lives within us. Father, thank you for this time. We worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.